Thank you, Ben, and good morning, everyone. Uh, particularly thanks to Mike and John as well for a, uh, a wonderful time of worship. And it, I, it was just great to be in the room here um, and being in God's presence as uh, they both led us. So thanks to everyone so far. Now, we are preaching this series because we believe God is calling us to use this time individually and as a church to deepen our relationship with him. When things suddenly change, and life has changed more suddenly for most of us than it ever has done before, it throws the before and the after into sharp contrast. Suddenly, we can see our previous situation, how life was, with much more clarity than when we were in it, when we were living it day to day. The effects of this pandemic are universal, but we are all touched by those effects in different ways. Many of us uh, will have reflected on how things were and asked how things will be different in the future. Some of us have shared recently through blog posts and our last teaching series our own lessons from this lockdown period. It seems to me though that the broad conclusion from our lessons from lockdown is that before all of this life had got a bit nuts. That the hiatus this pandemic has caused if nothing else has given us the space to reflect and ask what is really important. The common conclusion seems to be that God is calling us to prioritise our relationship with him over everything else, to put him first, to make time to just be with our Father God our Saviour Jesus, and our Helper, the Holy Spirit. So how do we do this? Well, this is uh, week two of uh, two talks called Giving Up a Life of Hurry, and we're three weeks into our Prioritising His Presence series. And last week, I asked if we needed to give up a life of hurry and if it would help us in our quest to prioritise His Presence. We concluded that less hurry would be a good thing. It would indeed help us go deeper with God. And that at least I needed to give up a life of hurry. So this week, as we look a bit more practically today at the application of what we covered last week, you might discover that actually you've got all or most of this stuff sorted. If that's you then please stick around anyway. We, I, need your help. However, if like me, you find what we cover challenging, and as I often find when I'm preparing a preach, I have been very much challenged this week, um, and you want to do something to change all that, then my request is this morning, let's go on this journey together. Let's start today. Let's work out together what needs to change for us all. 
in order to truly become followers of Jesus, apprentices of God. As we looked last week at Matthew's account of the raising of Jairus' daughter and the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, which you can find in Matthew 5, we saw how Jesus removed hurry from each situation. There was no rush when Jairus pleaded for Jesus to heal his dying daughter. When, as Jesus was leaving, the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years touched his coat, Jesus stopped. He made time to recognize what had happened and to connect with the woman, to hear her story. And when news is received that while all of this had been happening, Jairus's 12-year-old daughter had died, Jesus goes anyway. And when he arrives, he creates calm in the distress. He raises Jairus' daughter to life, but makes time to ensure that she receives food and to ensure that the family's own welfare is considered. What is Jesus modeling here? It's more than just slowing down. It's more than chilling out for the sake of being chilled or putting his feet up. What I think we see is that Jesus, despite the pressure of the situation he is in, is completely in the moment. He is completely present in the moment. His mind is not half on the next thing. There is no sense that he must hurry to the dying girl when he stops to hear the woman's story. Luke's gospel captures a moment in Jesus' ministry when he visits the the house or the home of two sisters. In this house, a life of hurry and a life of prioritizing Jesus' presence are thrown into sharp contrast. Turn with me for a moment to Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. I'm going to read from the New Century Version again, um, and the words are going to appear on the screen, but do follow it in your own Bibles as well. While Jesus and his followers were traveling, Jesus went into a town. A woman named Martha let Jesus stay at her house. Now Martha had a sister named Mary who was sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him teach. But Martha was busy with all the work to be done. She went in and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alone to do all this work? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Only one thing is important. Mary has chosen the better thing. And it will never be taken away from her. See, Mary had discovered what it is to live in the moment, to be fully 
present with Jesus, to prioritize his presence. However, I wonder how Martha would do on our hurry symptom checker. I think these days, um, she might say that she was at least a little bit stressed. So hopefully the hurry symptom checker is, is up on the screen and, and you can, if you didn't see this last week, just look down there, see how much of that resonates with you. I think quite a lot of it would, would have resonated with Martha. Now I inferred last week that hurry was a hidden pandemic. If hurry is hidden, then stress, that first symptom there, most definitely isn't. According to the Mental Health Foundation, 74% of all UK adults have felt stressed at some point over the last year. At some point over the last year, they've felt overwhelmed or unable to cope. Now, if you break that down a little bit, 81% of women said this compared to 67% of men. 83% of 18 to 24-year-olds said this compared to 65% of people aged 55 and over. I think those figures are just, just scary, frightening, how much things are changing. 32% of UK adults said they had experienced suicidal feelings as a result of stress. And of that, 35% were women compared to 29% of men, of that 32%. And then we break that down a bit more, we see that 39% of 18 to 24-year-olds said this compared to 25% of adults age 55 and over. Let's drill down a little bit further. 16% of adults said they had self-harmed as a result of stress. Thirty-five percent of them were women, sorry, eighteen percent of them were women, and thirteen percent were men. And twenty-nine percent of that group were aged eighteen to twenty-four. Now according to the NHS, self-harm in girls and young women is rising at an alarming rate. The overall numbers rose from 2.4% of the population in 2000 to 6.4% back in 2014. It is way, way worse now. The increase in reported self-harm was biggest among women and girls aged 16 to 24. I think those figures are shocking and an indication of the state that our society and our world has got itself into. In this crazy, mad world that we live in, why would, why would we not choose 
to spend our time in the full presence of someone who raises the dead and heals long-term sickness. Why would we not choose to live each moment, each situation we encounter, each challenge or delight that we face with Jesus? Why would we not make it all about Jesus, the lover of our souls? So how do we live fully in the moment as Jesus does or Mary manages to? Well, I think it starts by recognising that we have a problem. If we recognise that we have a problem, then we can do something about it. These days... I wonder what distracts us. You see, last week we saw Jesus removing distraction as he entered Jairus' house, creating the space that was needed for him to be fully present with the dead girl. Right now, there is a battle being waged for our attention and for our minds. Everyone wants a piece of us. What we have to do is to work out what's important. There are constant demands for our situation and for our attention. But there is only one of us. Take a moment, if you can, right now, just to make a mental list of all the thoughts that have distracted you or all the things that have distracted you as I've been talking so far this morning. Now, it's worth saying that some of them are not distractions at all. They are actually the equivalent of Jairus' request to Jesus or stopping to spend time with a woman who was long-term sick. Parents, to give you an example, if if your child needs the loo, or has fallen over, or just needs your attention, then that's not a distraction. That's a moment to be fully present in, however challenging. Those moments will not be with you forever. My children have grown up and left home. And I remember those moments with fondness now. It didn't feel like it at the time. But... What about the concerns for your child's future, your child's welfare, that you may have been constantly turning over in your mind as we've talked this morning? The world has changed immeasurably since um, I was a boy. I'm 52 tomorrow, um, and so I'm actually quite old, I'm realising. But in my lifetime... The ability for other things to demand our attention have changed beyond all measure. In my shopping bag of surprise this morning, I have an object of desire from my childhood. Um, The the thing that everybody wanted, the piece of technology 
that was the thing that people wanted on their sideboards at home. Here it is. A pre-British Telecom general post office trim phone. Now this thing actually was launched in 1964 and there wasn't another advance in telephone technology until about 1984, 20 years later. And so for about 20 years, this is the telephone that everybody wanted. This is before mobile phones. And the reason everybody wanted this phone is not because, or not just because it looked cool, but because it had a different ringtone. Now, traditional telephones went ring, ring. There was a bell. <clears throat> this phone made an entirely different noise. And it was so cool <clears throat> that when I was at school, everybody tried to learn to imitate it. Now, I got quite good at it. I'm not sure whether I can still do it, but <clears throat> it went something like this. Right, that's the whistle. And then you made it vibrate. You went... <clears throat> Let's try. Can't do it. No. No, it's not going to work. But anyway, you could whistle and do your bottom lip at the same time. And it made a noise like a trim phone. It was amazing. Now, <clears throat> between 1984 and now, 2020, Technology has changed beyond all measure. And the ability for technology to make demands on our time has changed beyond all measure. I just want to ask one thing about technology this morning, because Matt is going to talk on this in a few weeks' time. My question is this. Is your technology serving you, or are you serving it? What about the demands of others? Work, home, play, leisure. Our lives are full of demands. They often come along all at once. What does Jesus do? He tackles them one at a time and is fully present as he tackles each one. His mind is not on the next thing until he reaches the next thing. Finally, we can ask for his help. We are not alone in this. Jesus promised us a helper who would fill us. The Holy Spirit is that helper. And he wants to fill you completely. The result of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that Jesus' presence lives in us. How do we prioritise his presence? Well, it starts with being filled with his presence. So I'm going to hand back to Ben in a moment. And Ben is going to pray for us. Because I'd just like to finish our time together this morning. As we look ahead into the rest of this series and we begin to grapple with this. How do we help one another to prioritise Jesus' presence in our lives? Let's ask for the Holy Spirit's help. Let's ask the Holy Spirit 
to fill us with his presence. So the very presence of Jesus lives in us. Then we can focus on him. We can be Mary at his feet.